Good morning, church. My name is Jared Green, and I serve here as one of our associate pastors, filling in for Pastor Brett today. It's a great day to grow in faith. We've been uh, going through the Faith to Move Forward uh, series, and it has been so good to me personally. Uh, A lot of times in ministry, you can hear a good word, and you say, man, that's really good. Uh, Really like what he said there, like what he said there. But really to receive the message and to live it has really been special for me. So I pray that you've been able to receive some of this word and actively live it as well. Um, Many times we talk about faith, but then we get into a moment where we need faith and we need to have faith, and then it's gone. It's in our notebook somewhere from a sermon. So my, my goal today is for something supernatural to happen that there would be an indwelling of the Holy Spirit on all of us and that we would be empowered, not just empowered to walk in faith, but to be stirred up to believe bigger so that the faith can, can push us through, push us forward. You know, in church we always talk about the breakthrough. Oh, I'm waiting for my breakthrough. Well, today we're waiting for a faith through, a faith through. Here's why. So many times in my life I've experienced breakthrough solely because of the grace of God. I didn't have the faith for it, but because he loves me so much, he allowed me to get through it. But I don't want to live like that anymore. You know, it's like when you're going out to a cookout and someone forgot the food. You got there, but you forgot something. I'm tired of going to a new place, but forgetting faith. And so I don't want to have that feeling anymore. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You've been to a place. Oh, man, you know, they forgot drinks today. Okay, so we're just going to eat this chicken, and it's just going to be dry. We're going to dry throats. No, I want to be able to go to the place. You know what I'm talking about. Now someone's got to run to the store or get ice. You know, I want to be at that place, and everything is there. Everything is right. Amen? So we're going to have a faith through. That, that was really weak. I'm just being real. We're talking about faith, and we're not going to have faith while we're... Okay. So, so we're continuing faith to move forward. Today we're going to focus once again on Abraham and Sarah. We're in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 11 through 12, and then we're going to look at 17 through 19. Faith to move forward, Abraham and Sarah. Let's read the passage together. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 and 12, uh, through 12 says this. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life. You know what that means? The proper time of life? We'll get there. Since she considered him faithful who had promised. Verse 12, it says, therefore there was born even of one man and him as good as dead at that. You know, when you're trying to have a child and she's got a negative situation, he's got a negative, two negatives don't make a positive when you're, of, when you're not of age anymore. You know what I'm saying? But because of, because of the faith in God, something supernatural happened. I just want to pause there. He was as good as dead, as many, but as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand, which is by the seashore. This was, was a supernatural miracle that man could not do. How many times have you been in a place where you tried to fix things? We try to fix things all the time. Oh, the money's looking funny. I can fix it. This relationship, I can fix it. We, when we try to fix things, we realize that we are not in control. And so faith demands for us to surrender. Then we skip over to verse 17, 17 through 19. 
It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Wait a second. Isaac, that's the same person that, was, that they had to have faith for in verse 11 through 12. Now you're telling me that 11 through 12, though they were barren, they were able to produce a child. And then that same child in verse 17 was to be offered up. When, when, when Abraham was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise was offering up his only begotten son. Verse 18. It was he... To whom it was said, in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. Verse 19, he considered, Abraham considered, that God is able to raise people even from the dead. Maybe that's how God was going to do it. From which he also received him back, Isaac, back as a type or a symbol, a symbol, a, a statue, a monument of faith. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of faith. We pray that every person in this room right now, even if they're going through a barren season, that they would be stirred up in their faith. They'd believe that you were going to do what you said you were going to do. And they'd know your character more than just your capability. And they trust in you. Lord, we also pray for, for those who have been walking in faith for years but are kind of getting stagnant. We pray that you would add another ounce of faith to our lives so that we could do what you've called us to do. More importantly, be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we start here with Sarah. We start here with Sarah. Sarah has been walking with a man who's heard from God to go to a place that they don't know where it is. And they don't know what, what it's like. And so she's been by her husband's side, walking faithfully and trusting God and trusting her husband, moving from point A to point B, only to hear that this nation is to be birthed through their family, through their bloodline, and that that nation would come out of her. Yet, she's old. And so now, she has to try to put together this reality in heaven into her finite mind and say, I'm going to walk and be obedient. But here's what the word says here in verse 11. It says, by faith, she received the ability. Faith gives you power. Faith gives you power. Now, let's, let's make sure we stick to the thesis statement of Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 1 and 2. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. The evidence of things unseen. What does that mean? She hoped that God would give them a child. She had been barren for years. She had been trusting God. She wasn't trying to waver in her faith, but her life and her body started to look different than what it did when she first started to believe. And so she felt like this wasn't going to happen. It became laughable to her. But faith is the substance and it's the evidence. Therefore, she had the power of God that came on her and gave her the ability to have a child. And then the substance and evidence materialized in her belly. How many things in your life do you have faith for that do not exist? But there's a substance and an evidence that as you believe, God's going to empower you and it's going to happen. It's going to be there. When you walk outside, you look at the trees, you look at the sky, you look at the stars, you look at the ground. And what you need to remember is this. Nobody made, no man made that. God created that with word. Therefore, when we stand on the word of God, things happen and are created and materialized even though they weren't there in the first place. 
There's a movie called Inception, and, and, and while they're asleep, this girl has to create a scene, and she has to create a city, and this, the, the buildings just start rising up. You know what I'm talking about? And so everything's starting to change as she's writing these things that she's creating. God speaks it. He doesn't have to write. He doesn't have to do it. He speaks it, and stuff starts to, sh- starts to move. Stuff starts to grow. You're going through a season right now. You're wondering, when is God going to show up? I don't know what's going on with the money. The money's looking real funny. So funny, it could have its own comedy TV show. And I don't know what's going to happen. But when God speaks and he, he sustains you and you go back into the word of God, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You start to speak that word over your life. The money starts coming out of nowhere. It's just growing. What happened? I don't know why I got that check. I don't know why this person so Because God's spoke it and you stood on that word. Your relationship is struggling. You're trying to figure out who in the world is this person that I said I do to. You're trying to figure out who in the world is this person that I thought I wanted to say I do to. Whatever that person is, whoever that person is. Maybe you're a parent and you're saying, who is this person that I birthed? Whatever that situation is, when you stand on the word of God, things will start to materialize in the relationship and you'll start to see God move. Faith invites power. Faith invites power. God said that my power is made perfect when you get weak. When you get weak, what he means by that is you release your hands. You're no longer in control. I want to decrease so that he'll increase. And that's where his power is manifested. Faith invites power. It says also that she was considering I love that word because I consider a lot too. And sometimes you're considering, God, are you really going to help me on this one or not? Let's not make Sarah just a perfect angel, okay? She's a person just like you and I. And there's a moment where she's thinking, okay, this time clock is ticking. I don't know if it's going to happen. And she's considering. But listen to it. It's, it's not just a negative consideration. She's also considering what, how far she's come. Okay, so I'm considering the reality that you did say that you were going to take us to a new place. You did say we were going to have a child. You did say that you were going to provide. You did say, and I I think even though we don't have it in the scripture, I believe her and Abraham used to just sit out there late at night in the middle of the wilderness and just talk about God. I I think they used to have conversation like that. Man, you know, I don't know what, but remember when God said to God and look at the stars? Man, look at the stars out tonight. I think it's going to happen. I think it's coming soon. So they considered. They had moments of thought. And our faith needs to affect our thought life. See, the problem is we allow our surroundings to affect our thought life. And so we lead with the intellectual instead of leading with faith. See, because if faith is manifested in you, then the intellectual is informed. And now you can make a proper decision because you have faith behind you. But hear this. It says that she considered him able. But I want to go a little deeper today. And I want to get real with y'all. So if you know me, you know my father's Daryl Green, you know he played on the Redskins, and you probably know that I might in some way, shape, or form have some Redskin tickets that I have access to that I could get to you. <laughs> Maybe. But you also know if the only time you talk to me is for some Redskins tickets, then I'm not going to like you that much. Therefore, you need to love me for my character, not just my capability. And so for us, as we have faith with the Lo- for, in the Lord, we're not just saying, I have faith because I know you're able. I have faith because I know you. I have faith because I know who you are. 
I have faith because I know your character. I know that you love me. I know that you are glorious. I know that you are mighty. I know that you're you're the creator, and you can change anything the way that you want it to be changed. I don't want to just stay at, well, I know you can. Yeah, of course he can. He's God. I want to say, I know you are. I have faith in you. And guess what? Even if you don't do what I'm asking for, I'm fine because I got you. She stood back, I believe, and trusted in the word that God told Abraham that the descendants would come from this baby. It would start from this child right here. And from that, they would produce fruit and they would be a a mighty nation. God isn't, man, you got to love that God called uh, Abraham out and said, I'm going to make you a great nation. He didn't say, I'm going to make you a great man. A nation. Something so much bigger than what you thought. Abraham probably at the time was just trying to be a good man. Probably just be a good husband. Be a good citizen. But no, there's a nation in you. I'm calling you way, way higher than what you thought. Maybe... Our problem today isn't about our focus on these bills, focus on these relationships. Maybe the problem is we're not focusing on God who has a way bigger focus for us. And so the more I focus on him, the more I see how big my God is and what he's capable of doing and what he's going to do. She rested on this promise that he said that that, that a nation was going to come. Therefore, we must produce. The fruit must come. And so I want to combine the fact that God is faithful with the other fact that he's called me to be fruitful. It can't be one or the other. It has to be both. My God is faithful. He's done it before. He'll do it again. It's in his nature to win. He can't do anything other than that. But I also know that I am a child of God, and as a child, I'm supposed to be like him. And so I must be fruitful with my life. And so I'm combining the faithfulness of God with the fruitfulness, which is the mandate that God has called us to be fruitful and multiply, whether you're having children or whether you're supposed to be fruitful with your life, sharing the gospel, witnessing, being what God has called you to be. We need to bring those two together. And because he's faithful, I am fruitful. She stuck to to God's promise. (laughs) She stuck to God's promise. Genesis chapter 18, 9 through 15. You don't have to turn there, but you can just write it down here. God said through the angel, he said, this time next year. This time next year. Have you ever got a word that you forgot about? You ever got a word when someone said, oh, it's going to come, and you're like, that's too long for me. (laughs) We'll just get to it. Maybe it'll just happen. Maybe it won't. But God said, this time next year. And because of that, she stood on that. Now, there were moments of unbelief. That's why we have to stay in the presence of God, because we still have flesh. And so when you get out of the presence of God, where you know that that's to happen, you start to think about all the other things that won't happen. How many times have we been in conversation where our friends have told us, well, I don't know. It always starts like that, right? And they tilt their head a little bit. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard out here. And then you start to believe what they're saying. Pastor Brett always tells us don't be weird, right? But I want to be weird on this one. I want to be weird on this one, and I'm not mad at it. When people say, oh, well, you know, nobody ever does this, or I don't know, you might be sick, or you might need to get checked. No, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. You're weird. I'd rather be weird than receive what you just said. (laughs) I received the weirdness. 
but I'm not going to receive that sickness or whatever you're talking about. I want us to get into a posture where we only stand on the word of God. We only believe what God says. People are going to say things that God has told them to say and instructed them to say, and that's good. But the other people, you know who I'm talking about. Somebody's thinking about something right now. If they're in this room, don't look at them. But there's other people <laughs> who say things that are not in alignment with the scripture. You do not receive that word. You think Sarah didn't have homegirls? You think they didn't say, girl, I don't know. I mean, I'd be surprised if you have one at this age. Don't act like you don't have friends that would say something like that. Girl, Abraham said, what? Okay. But she didn't allow that, her surroundings, to uh, influence her mind. She allowed her faith in God who is faithful and who is able to do great things through her. She stood on that, on God's word. Now let's switch over to Abraham. Abraham received a child, verse 12. There was born even of one man that was as good as dead, Abraham. I don't know what that looks like or what that means, but he probably wasn't able to move that well. He probably was a very old man, as good as dead, yet he received a child. I think we can just stop right here and say, there's any, anything is possible if we trust in God. I think we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I believe that. I believe that if it's in alignment with his will. Don't forget that part. So it says, born of a man that was, as good, that was as good as dead, and as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number. I believe that God took Abraham outside to look at the stars because the stars were so far beyond him. See, because when I start looking so far beyond myself, I stop putting hope in myself. And so when you stand outside looking at stars, you're thinking, man, how do I get up there? That's exactly what I want you to think. There's no way that you could get up there without me. Faith removes all hope in self. How many times have you put all your hope in yourself? I mean, I've been there. I mean, you stay up late at night trying to put together new equations and new formulas of how you're going to fix stuff. How are you going to fix relationship? How are you going to fix money? How are you going to fix all of these different things? How are you going to hit it big? How are you going to make it? Whatever making it is. You just try to conjure up all these ideas as to what you want to do and how you want to live. And you have all these ideas. That's why it's, it's, it's tough. We put these kids on the floor. I got three girls. Put them kids on the floor playing with Barbie. And then you get the house and you get the car. I got to tell them, hey, listen, it might not be that simple. Ken might never come around for a little while. I mean, it might be about 30, 40. I mean, listen, don't just, don't just play this game and think that this is the way life is going to go. No knock on Barbie, but I'm just saying the house doesn't always come as soon as you get the car. I lived it. I've been there. I've been there. I'm living there. <laughs> Faith removes all hope in ourselves. We have to get to the place where we lay on our faces and we cry out to God. We cry out to God. We, we have to get more uncomfortable. See, because when we become uncomfortable in the world, we become comfortable in the presence of God. And I, from my prayer for myself, if you, you can have this too, but I, this is my prayer for myself personally. I want to grow in this area. I want the presence of the Lord to be more regular than the presence of society for me. I want to be so deep in the presence of God that when I'm in society, I feel a little funny. Man, I haven't prayed in a while. I need to go back into my prayer closet. I need to get right with God. I'm not saying be weird. Don't tell people about it, but live it. <laughs> Abraham believed beyond himself. 
but also it was in line with God's promise. This is an important point about the timeline of God. See, if you look at yourself, your finite life, if you look at just the moment of air, the, the, mo- the moment, the short moment of time where you have a short amount of air and the short amount of days and a short amount of relationships and you think it's all about you, you miss out on the story of God's glory. And so I believe that Abraham was informed because he knew about the stories of Noah. You think as a child he grew up listening? Man, I remember dad used to tell me that Noah believed in God and it took 100 years, but he built this boat and he saved all of them. I remember that. I remember what happened after the Tower of Babel. I remember what happened when, when Lot was tripping and we had to go get him and then we saved him. I remember that. And then I remember when Melchizedek came and he blessed, blessed me. I remember all these things. There's a timeline. So this was not Abraham's first thing to have faith for. It was not... Abraham's first experience of the faithfulness of God. It might have been his first challenge, his first major challenge, but he knew that this is a part of a long timeline, a continuation of God's glory. When we think about it just in our own life and we're selfish like that and we only have hope for what we can get, then we miss out on the greater plan. Whatever you have faith for should at the end give glory to God and it should not be about you or me. It was in line with God's promise and God's timeline. That's why Genesis chapter 21, 1 through 3, it said, the angel comes and says, at the appointed time. Isaac was born at the appointed time. Wait a second, a year before he said, this time next year. Oh, now the appointed time. Our problem is we don't know what to do between this time next year and the appointed time. <laughs> you, get, you get that word for this time next year, you're like, okay, I think that means it's going to happen before next year, you know, because time is different for God than me. So, so it's going to happen while we're going into next year. No, it might not happen till the last day, the last second of next year, but it's going to happen in time, the appointed time. And so Abraham saw this and said, man, the appointed time is now. Here is my son. Now, just as much as Abraham had received a child, he then had to give that child back. Abraham was told by God and tested to go sacrifice the very gift that he had received from God. The very gift. He had two options. He could walk in fear and say, man, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm nervous. Let's just run away. Isaac, let's just take off. Or I'm going to have faith and I'm going to trust God. Here's what the scripture says in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. He had received what he was believing for and still offered it up. 18. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called. Not anybody else. In Isaac, your descendants shall be called. Therefore, I've got to sacrifice Isaac, but I thought you said the descendants will be called in Isaac. He's a young man. He doesn't have any children yet. Why are we going to sacrifice him? How many thoughts do you think were going through Abraham's mind? But verse, verse 19, he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type or a symbol. 
Let's break down fear and faith before we go any further. Fear is misplaced faith, as Pastor Brett says. I'm putting faith in the wrong thing. But then I want to expand upon Pastor Brett's point, which is fear is also the lack of trust in God. So therefore, I don't trust him. I trust me. I trust the things around me. I trust whatever they're saying on TV. And then from there, it's a desire for control. And this is the main part. It's a desire for control. I want to be in control. I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to have to trust. I want to be able to do. But that is not, that is anti-Christ. That is not like God. That, I'm just telling you the truth. That's, I, can't, I can't sugarcoat it. That's not what we do at Grace Covenant Church. It is not like God to try to control all things because we are just a thing inside of all things. But here's what faith is. It starts with intimacy. It grows into hope. Then it turns into trust. And then joy. When I was a kid, and you know what? It's been long enough, so I was not a great student in school. I wasn't that respectful. We're past that. Christ is coming to my life. I'm a good man of God. But there was a time when I didn't really act that well in school. And so what we would do, homeroom, we would race in the hallways before the bell would ring. And so I knew who my homeroom teacher was, Mrs. Godfrey. And I, I knew that she had the, the authority in that room. But I knew if I was running down on that side of the hallway, I met someone else's room, and the teacher would say, hey, you, slow down. And I'd say, I'm in Miss Godfrey's class. I don't know you. Maybe you didn't have that same testimony. That's okay. How many times have you seen a child be disciplined? Maybe you were that child by someone else who wasn't of their bloodline, and they said, you ain't my mama. You ain't my mama. Now, we can look at that and say, man, that's just horrible, but let's learn. I wish I could tell my parents we could learn in this when I, when I was doing that, but the, the, the time and the epochs, they, they, they didn't, not for that time. It wasn't for that time, but it was for today. <laughs> it was for today. It was for today. What I was saying was, you don't have the intimacy that I've grown and built with this person, my mother, and we, I haven't grown in hope because the, the relationship that I have with my mother, now I, I put my hope and my trust in her. I know that she has the right intentions for me, and therefore I trust her, right? And now that I trust her, I have joy when she tells me what I need to do, but I don't know who you are. And so for us, we need to have intimacy with God. Because it, the more that we're intimate, we know when the enemy is telling us, hey, stop, don't do this, don't do that. And we can say, you ain't my God. You ain't my God. But you can't have that until you have the intimacy. I had to sit in Ms. Godfrey's class for a whole year to understand that. I had to be with my mom all my life to understand that. And so I could tell the difference between who I'm intimate with and who I'm not. Who has something for me, who loves me, and who does not. And so, now, I'm not saying don't respect other authorities in other places there. That's, that's a whole other part. That's not the point. The point is, the point is, 
I knew just enough as a child that there was something different with the people who had sowed into me and loved me. And therefore, I know that God loves me. I know that his word is for me. I know that he is intimate with me when I get down on my face and I worship him and I have moments with him that are supernatural out of this world. And therefore, anything other than that, I've got to check, uh, I've got to check the word of God and see if that's accurate or not. Intimacy secures surrender. That's why when mama comes to school, you immediately turn around. (laughs) Sorry, I'll stop running. Because intimacy secures the surrender. The more we get intimate with God, the more we'll surrender, the more we'll lack all the control or the desire for control, the more we'll have faith and trust him for who he is. Amen? Amen? Abraham was willing to give back on the altar the same thing that he had laid down on the altar to receive. His prayers, his worship, nights, long nights with his wife. Please, God, please give us this son. Please give us this son. And on that same altar, figuratively speaking, that same altar, God, you can have back what we pray for. Are you mature enough? Am I mature enough to allow God to have back the very thing that you pray for? Are we willing to say, God, I know we were believing for that house, but you can have it. Matter of fact, two small groups. We'll have group A on Tuesday night, group B on Thursday night. And I know they're going to tear up our walls and our floors and their kids going to tear up the basement. I know they're going to do that. I know they're going to eat up all the food. They're going to pull on my my refrigerator. I know all that's going to happen, but it's yours. But it's yours. God, you know I like to have my car clean, but you know what? I'm going to call the church and see if anybody needs a ride because this isn't just mine. I know I prayed for it. I said, God, I need a, place, a th- means of transportation, but God, I'll give it back because it's not about that. We've got to get in a place where whatever we have faith for, we don't have faith in. Whatever we have faith for, we don't have faith in. What happens is we misplace our faith when we receive whatever the gift is that God gave us. And therefore, I start to worship or idolize that thing that I was believing for, that relationship that I was believing for, that job that I was believing for, only to leave God out of the equation. Let us let go. Let us let go and say, God, I don't, have, I don't mind having faith for things and not getting them, and I don't mind getting the things that I have faith for, but what I will not compromise in is my faith in you. I want to close with this. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, God takes Abraham out, as I said earlier, and he says, look in the sky. Look at all those stars. He said, these are the descendants. If you can count it, which he couldn't, that's how many descendants. We are the stars that Abraham was looking at. Isn't that a blessing? We're talking about faith today, so it would be really great if you were stirred up in your faith and you responded in faith. When I said, isn't that great that we're the stars that God showed? Years ago, and God said, this is, you were a star that God was, come on, man. Come on. Verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 5 says, stars in the sky. But then we fast forward to Genesis twenty-two seventeen, and it says, he talks about the sand in the seashore, the sand on the seashore. Verse 19. Verse, um, verse 18, it was he, Abraham, to whom it was uh, said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called. Verse 19, he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which also he received him uh, back as a type or a symbol. Abraham didn't know what he was expecting. 
He didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. He didn't know when it was going to happen. But he knew that something was going to happen. So I want to close with these two things. First, we need to grow in our expectation. I want to wake up every day saying, God, I'm expecting for something to happen. We need to be the church and expect miracles, signs, and wonders every day and stop being surprised. We need to stop being surprised. Listen, I don't get surprised anymore when LeBron James dunks on somebody. It's not a shocker. He's huge, and he can jump really high. I'm not about to be surprised when God moves. I'm going to worship, and I'm going to act crazy, but I'm not going to be surprised because that's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. I don't know what it looks like. We need to stop worrying about looking at the destination and start looking at the declaration because the more we look at the declaration, we stand on that word. And so in between your declaration and your destination, when you fall into these situations, it gets you through because you got faith and you're not worrying about what it looks like on the other side. Why do you want to peek over there anyway? There's no need to look over there. Just look at God. Just look at God. And this last part, seashore. Seashore, stars, seashore, stars. Verse, verse 12, he says at the end, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in, in number and innumerable as the sand in, 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 in which the, by the seashore. These are two separate moments. God told Abraham the stars in the sky. Then later on, Abraham passes the test of sacrificing Isaac. And then God says, okay, because of that, I'm going, just like I said about the stars, but then also the sand and the seashore. Whoa, where the sand and the seashore? You didn't say that on the first promise. I know, but I added to it. I know, but I added to it. So sometimes we just say, oh, I got a word. I got a word. No, that word is more coming. It's more coming. So just keep on pressing in. Keep on having faith. Because the more that you stay in the presence of God, the more you stand on that initial word and stop worrying about the destination, then when you get there, it's going to look even better than what you thought it was going to look like. Matter of fact, it's going to be bigger than you thought. It's going to look amazing. It's going to look more beautiful than you thought. But you cannot just look at one thing and say, okay, I'm looking tunnel vision. When it's, when it's get there, I think it's going to look She's going to look this way. He going to look this way. The house going to be over here. Oh, I'm supposed to be over in this city, not that city. Don't worry about all that. Worry about the presence of God, having faith in him who is able to do all things. And when you get there, have an expectation. It's going to be real good. It's going to be real good. This is a timely word by Pastor Brett to, to talk about move, uh, having faith move forward. Because we as a church have become stagnant in many areas of our lives. And I believe that this is the season for us to start moving. I'm talking to the person who doesn't even, the person who's saying, who me? Yes, you. you, you you're wondering, man, I, I don't know. I don't know that many scripture. Find one. Read it, memorize it, then find a second after you memorize the first one. Now you got two. Do something with it because the word is breathing and active. It's powerful. Just use that one and then we'll figure out the rest. Join a Bible study. You'll get three or four or five during that same week. Maybe that's a person saying, man, I've never served. I don't know how to serve. It doesn't matter. Listen, I barely know how to do what I do here. But I know this. The presence of the Lord is with me. He empowers me, and he helps me to do what I need to do. So just show up, be faithful, and let him move in you. Let him move through you. So that we can move forward and advance God's kingdom in this earth. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.